<laughs> Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day, absolutely every single day, since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 28th day of July, 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio somewhere in the western part of the United States. That's all I'll say about that right now. Hey, um, we're... I'm going to avoid talking about the Red Sox because that's just going to get me agita. They lost yet another game where they scored and were able to have a comeback and it fell short. I'm also going to not talk about the Giants because, you know, I just, doesn't it seem like the Giants haven't won since the All-Star break? I mean, it's amazing that the, the Giants have been playing as badly as they have been. And they're still in first place. In fact, I believe they would have home field advantage over Washington. You, know, you just hope that this is an example, if you're rooting for the Giants, I know I am, that you hope that this is a team that is having a hiccup in July and will right the ship by August and September. You know, you have teams like the, the Pirates and the Cubs are, I mean, the Pirates and, and the Cardinals are knocking on the door of the wild card and Right now, Miami would be one of the wild card teams. You have Miami versus L.A. in the wild card. One thing is for sure, you're going to have a nice place to visit in October if one of those teams makes it past the wild card game. But I'm not going to talk about a sunny town in the National League. No, I'm going to talk about a relatively cold town in the American League today. I'm going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the Blue Jays have... Past the Red Sox right now. They're ahead of the Red Sox in the standings. If the playoffs started today and we're almost in August, and we're almost in that wild final few days of August where a lot of trades will come to you know to play, and we know what some of the big trades at Toronto, especially the deal last year that brought in Tolowitzki and brought in David Price, helped the Blue Jays leapfrog New York and make it to the postseason for the first time since 1993, and they got to within two games of the World Series. And, in fact, man, if they had, if they had rallied in that ninth inning of Game 6 in Kansas City, where they had the tying run on third, I think with one or no outs, and somehow Kansas City got out of it and clinched the pennant, uh, I really thought Toronto was going to win that series. And I, and I absolutely believe if they won that Game 6, they would have won Game 7. I absolutely believe that. Well... The Blue Jays are in a situation right now, and I've said this ad nauseum, and if you listen to this podcast, I know I do, you know that I brought up the fact that the American League is wide open. There is no super team in the American League right now. Right now, Baltimore would have home field advantage throughout the postseason. Because remember, the American League won the All-Star game. So therefore... Baltimore would have home field advantage in the division series. They would have home field advantage in the American League Championship Series. And if they make it to the World Series, guess what? The World Series will open and close in Baltimore. And I don't think anyone considers Baltimore to be a super team, an invulnerable team. Cleveland, Texas, these are all these are the division leaders right now. So if you are a team, I, I've been stressing this, if you're a team that can go for it, you go for it. This is one of the things that's truly complicated for the Yankees 
who've won seven of the last ten games, who have chipped away, who are only four games out of a postseason spot, that you must be thinking, God, geez, what do we do? What the hell do we do? You know, it is a buyer's market. Oh, no, it's not a buyer's market. What am I talking about? It's a seller's market. Jeez, this is why you don't want to have me be your stockbroker. It is a seller's market. I mean, the Yankees could get a ton of good players if they put Beltran and Miller and Sabathia and Nova and I think McCann on the block. There were all these people crawling over themselves to get Lucroy. If you can't get Lucroy, then go get McCann. But when you're a team like Toronto, you can make a real run to have home field advantage throughout the postseason. Right now, they're the wild card team. They would have the home field and the wild card team. They're only three back in the loss column of Baltimore at this point. As I brought up the other day, you know, Baltimore has been a good story. They could very well win. But I picked Toronto at the beginning of the year, and chances are you did too. And I do believe that Toronto, I still think they're going to win the division. I'm not saying that what I want. What I want is the Red Sox to. But I think Toronto is going to. I think in the end, with a little more than two months to go in the season, Toronto will play a little bit better than Baltimore, a little bit better than Boston. I think they're going to wind up winning 90, 91 games. And do you know what? That will be enough. That will be enough to win the division. That will be enough to have home field advantage throughout the postseason and maybe be enough to win the damn pennant. You know, of the teams that are currently playoff teams, obviously I'm rooting for the Red Sox. If it can't be the Red Sox, then I'd want it to be Cleveland or Texas. Just because I know what it would mean for the Indians, although, you know, let's face it, Cleveland fans are spoiled. They've just won so many titles recently. And, of course, Texas, I've said a bunch of times, I, I would love to see the Rangers win, put a stake in the ground for this decade, and finally win a championship that was one Nelson Cruz leap away from happening just a few years ago. But you take a look at Toronto. Toronto has to look at this year as kind of second semester senior year. They've got a bunch of potential free agents on this team. Let's go to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. Okay, Tulowitzki and Martin are signed long-term. Bautista is not. Ari Dickey is not. Uh, Edward Encarnacion is not. They have several players. I mean, right there, Bautista and Encarnacion could potentially walk. And this is not a team that is... This is the absolute kind of team that could fall apart fast. Just ask Josh Donaldson, who it seemed like two minutes ago was the one of the players on an emerging A's team. That was just one presidential election ago. The A's were coming together and said, wow, they have all these young players that are really coming together. And they did. And there was a window of opportunity of three years, and then suddenly it was over. Well, this is a window of opportunity that is currently open, that they were involved in the postseason last year. But it could slam shut really fast, not just because of 
impending free agent departures of Batista and Encarnacion, but go look around the players that they have, whether it's Martin, whether it's Tulowitzki, whether it's Josh Donaldson. Let's go over to, you know, whether it's, you know, Jay Hab, whether it's Dickey. There are a bunch of people there who are not spring chickens. You know, there are a lot of players on this team. Hap, Estrada, Dickey, uh, Jesse Chavez, that are not young. This is not a young team. And teams that are not young teams can fall apart really, really fast. So with this basically being kind of a last chance for this franchise, they have to take a look at this trade deadline and say, all right, uh, I know we gave up a lot of prospects to pick up Price and to pick up Tulowitzki last year, but do you know what? Whatever's in our farms available, because you don't know when this chance is going to happen again, and you don't want to look back and say, man, we had these players, we had this chance, we had a winnable American League, and we couldn't pull a pennant out of it, we couldn't pull a World Series appearance out of it. They have to take a look and say, okay, Sanchez, who's had a wonderful first half of the season because of his history and his arms, they're going to put him in the bullpen. He's going to spend the second half of the season in the bullpen. Basically not pulling a Strasburg and benching him, but saying, okay, we're going to try to at least use his arm for a little bit in the second part of the season, which in its own way will help the bullpen. It's like making an acquisition. And they flipped Drew Storen, who's been dreadful this year, for, uh, uh, for Joaquin Benoit, who you don't know what he's going to be, but may- maybe it's a change will do the, their their team well if they make a move like that. Maybe that's a change of scenery move. And you know Storen didn't work, so maybe you know Joaquin Benoit will do better. Well, they need to get a starting pitcher to make up for Sanchez and to give them that depth that they're going to lose you know, one of their top starting pitchers. They're going to put him in the pen, but you're losing him in the rotation. So obviously Toronto has been linked to Andrew Kashner, been linked to several other players, and they also have a need at first base right now. I mean, maybe it's not, in a, it's not a huge need, but they're not getting very good production out of uh, – Smoke their first baseman. He was hit a few homers for them, but they, they, you know, he's not the player that they're hoping to be. They picked up Melvin Upton Jr. As someone said, he's a Upton is a BJ, meaning the Blue Jays. But I think that's an unfortunate headline. But yeah, they could putting Upton in the outfield is probably a smart thing to do for depth. Uh, they could probably use a first baseman. And for me, they really have to just go take a look at take a look at who's available in terms of not just the the trade block. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that will be talked about in the trade blocking. You know, I mentioned Kashner, uh, Rich Hill of the A's, who we don't know what his uh, you know blister situation is, but uh, Steve Pierce of the Rays, who is uh, you know he has health issues, but. He someone that they may be able to stick at first base and be in their be in their outfield, or maybe put uh, Carlos Beltran and maybe move Encarnacion to first base. Uh, you know, inquire to the Phillies about Jeremy, you know, Hellickson. Inquire to the Twins about Santana. 
inquire to the Rays about everyone on their squad um, you know, in terms of you know Moore and, and Udorisi and everything like that. Find out about uh, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies. Go you know go look at Ivan Nova. Go look at Jake McGee. Go look at in fact look at pitchers who are pitching for the Rockies. I mean whether it's Jorge De La Rosa or McGee or Boone Logan, because just the idea is, well, I'm not in Colorado anymore. I mean, it may just give him a little boost. You know, ask the Angels about Joe Smith. You know, take a look. Ask the, the Brewers about Chris Carter. Ask the, you know, bring back Adam Lynn from the Mariners. Ask the Royals about uh, Kendrys Morales if they're really thinking about dumping players away. Ask, the, uh, ask about Hector Santiago. From the Angels. You know, when you have to take a look at their players out there, some of them are going to be free agents. And that seems to be the people that you want to really sort of take a dip into and say, hey, look at, you're not going to get piddly poo. You're not going to offer these guys a qualifying contract, so let's make a deal. And maybe for some of these players, I'm not. Ryan Howard, maybe, but maybe a Steve Pierce, or maybe for some of these people, that this is one of those change will do them, will will be a positive thing. You take a look at what they really need. They need a first baseman, okay? They need someone who can play first, or just another big bat and hope they can swing your chances at first. Uh, and they need at least one pitcher, maybe two. I mentioned Jorge De La Rosa. I mentioned a bunch of names. I would kick the tires on Sabathia. I would kick the tires on, you know, Hellickson, I think, is who they should be putting all their guns on. I think he'd be a good acquisition for them uh, now that we're not 100% sure what Hill is going to bring to the table. But kick the tires on James Shields. Kick the tires on C.J. Wilson. One of the things you have to also keep in mind is that when you take some of those players, I mean, there have been stories, whether it's, it's you know, the way that Doyle Alexander went 9-0 and and suddenly became an ace, or, or some pitchers who have gone from one team to another and suddenly become truly valuable players on that team. I remember Graham Lloyd stunk before he came to the Yankees down the stretch and became a very valuable pitcher for the Yankees in the postseason. I think the Blue Jays have to do it because it's this year. Call all the teams, hey, you, are you really going to give this guy a qualifying offer? Then these two farmhands you get are, by definition, more than what you would get at the end of the year. You get to dump their contract and get something in your farm system, even if it's not a grade A prospect. It's important for the Blue Jays to not walk away from this year without saying, hey, even if they, even if they don't win at all, say, it wasn't because we didn't plug the holes. We're not going to do what the Dodgers did last year, which is to look up and say, hey, they had an obvious need in their rotation after Kershaw and Grinky. There was the obvious pick of the person to bring in, which is Cole Hamels. I fervently believe that a rotation with, with Kershaw, Grinky, and Hamels, the Dodgers would have won the pennant last year, but they didn't. The Blue Jays can't take that mentality. They have to say, whatever holes we have, Plug them and be aggressive. Trade for that extra pitcher. See who's going to get it. See the mix and match. And if there's someone who's who's been dumped and is floating out there, give them a shot too. Who knows? Maybe Jabba Chamberlain has a month and a half of good baseball in his arm. That's what they need. 
That's what they need. It's not about, oh, my God, we need a whole season from them. And there's a, there's a point that I want to make about this particular Blue Jays team specifically. Every once in a while, there's a team that wins the World Series. And it's not a Red Sox or a Yankees or even a San Francisco where it's a team that has a long-established fan base. It's, sometimes it's a team that's kind of surprising that wins the World Series, and you think, oh, wow, this fan base has the title. I didn't think of them as a championship-quality team, blah, 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 blah. And when you look up, and there are some instances of World Series champions that are filled with first-time and, in many cases, only-time championships. I remember when the Twins won the World Series in 1987, now, granted, they won the World Series again just a few years ago, but it was a big turnover of players from one team to the other on that team, from the 91 Twins to the 87, you know, 87 and 91 Twins. And you look at that team that won in 87, and I have had, you know, I have called them the worst World Series winner I ever saw, and I, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, as I, I rooted for them. They just... They benefited from home field advantage that they probably didn't earn. But anyway, you take a look at some players like, you know, for, for the Puckets and Herbex, it was their first title and everything. But there were a lot of players who this was their only championship. You, you know, Gaetti, Brunanski, um, Roy Smalley, some you know, longtime veterans like Roy Smalley and Don Baylor and uh, uh, Joe Necro. And, um, and Frankie Viola and George Frazier and, and Jeff Reardon. You take a look at you know, Mark Portugal, players who had real long careers. Dan Schatzeter is another one. They had very long careers. And that when their careers ended, they had one ring. And that one ring was the 87 Twins. A team that, you know, two teams that are looked upon as, you know, kind of fluky teams. They won titles because they're, their teams went on unreasonable uh, shopping sprees, basically. Think of that 87 Marlins team, a team that had no impact on baseball in terms of creating a fan base in Miami or people even remember it because they were dismantled by the time the parade was over. But also remember that for Bobby Bonilla, Moise Salou, uh, Gary Sheffield, um, Darren Dalton, Cliff Floyd, Greg Zahn, uh, uh, there was a couple other ones on there. Oh, yeah, um, uh, John Cangelosi, Kevin Brown, Alex Fernandez, Levon Hernandez, Rob Nen, Felix Heredia. There's a lot of players who had nice, big, long careers in baseball, Rick Helling, Pat Rapp, that this became their lone ring. You know, their lone championship. When the, the, one of the strangest championships in terms of the roster I ever saw in my life was the, was the Diamondbacks when they beat the Yankees. And they just, oh, it's a young franchise. It's a new franchise. This team was loaded with veterans. And when you think of Mark Grace, Jay Bell, Tony Womack, Matt Williams, Luis Gonzalez, Steve Finley, Reggie Sanders, Damian Miller, everyone I just mentioned with a starting lineup. And this was their, all of their first rings. All of them got their first rings. 
and for Miller, Grace, Bell, Womack, Williams, Gonzalez, Finley, and Sanders, who all had great long careers. This was their only ring. Yeah, and a smattering of the Greg Colbruns, but also Randy Johnson's only ring. Greg Swindell's only ring. It was Bobby Witt's only ring. Mike Morgan, with the longest career in baseball, his only ring. So you look at some of these teams. I mean, look at the first Blue Jays team. Now, granted, they won the World Series the next year, too, so it was back-to-back. But for a lot of players, that 92 ring was their only one. Dave Winfield. Boom. Pat Tabler. Um, there was uh, Dave Steeb, who, was, who didn't play in the postseason with him, but was on that team. And was probably the greatest Blue Jay of all time. Tom Hankey. You know, Kelly Gruber. A lot of players you look at it as... You know, forever think of them as Blue Jays. Had won that one ring for that one team. What I'm saying is that there's every once in a while there is that team, that strange outlier team that for a lot of players is their only title that they've ever won. And when you take a look at this um, Toronto team, and you look at the Batistas, you look at the Tolowitzkis, you look at the Ari Dickies, the Donaldsons, the Estradas, the Jay Haps, the Russell Martins. You've seen that it's a similar type of team. It's a veteran team filled with players who have never won a title. And you would hate to see this team come and go. This could be granted... Yeah, yeah. They, the 01 Diamondbacks or the 97 Marlins are not exactly teams that people are going to hold to their bosom as the most beloved teams of all time and yada, 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 whatever. But for those players I just mentioned, this was their title. This was their team. And I think this Blue Jay squad has the possibility of being one of those. Of a whole, you rattle off a whole bunch of veterans And you say, yeah, they won it once with the Blue Jays. So fill in the gaps. A bunch of those players that I mentioned on some of those teams, I mean, Don Baylor that was picked up like on August 31st. You know, fill those gaps. Get the tile grout. Fill in whatever holes and take chances with multiple players and say, all right, this person works, then maybe not. Maybe we'll throw in this one. Maybe you think, oh, change will do. Uh, Jared Weaver a favor. I don't know. But be aggressive filling in these holes, Blue Jays. You have a chance to be one of those types of teams. Now, granted, you'd much rather be a dynasty, I'm sure. But it's better to get that ring out of the way. You know, don't want to blow this. You've been given an opportunity with a type of team, a couple of clear things to fill, and a wide-open American League. Don't let this pass you by, Blue Jays. And this is coming from someone who doesn't want that to happen as a fan, but I wouldn't mind seeing it as an objective baseball watcher who owned baseball yesterday. Uh, Garrett Cole pitched a complete game, first of his career, and the Pirates beat up the Mariners 10-1. to uh, Freddie Freeman, who, by the way, owns baseball. He is the highest WAB total of all National League hitters. And he had another great day. Got on base five times, homered. He even stole a base, and the Braves beat the Twins 9-7. That would have been a great game in 1991. Uh, Lance McCullers struck out 10 Yankees, 
got the win for the Astros. Uh, and Chris Davis, no, not Chris Davis, but Chris Davis, the one with the K, uh, he got a pair of homers as the A's beat Texas. Six to four, half wobs in that A's-Texas game in Desmond. Went, got two hits, including a homer, but came up short. Uh, Cesar Hernandez got on base four times, drove in a run, but the Phillies were beaten by Miami. Anthony Ronaldo threw a no-hitter into the sixth inning, wound up giving him two hits over six and two-thirds, but he got the loss as the White Sox fell to the Cubbies. And Madison Bumgarner, eight very good innings, but guess what? Giants lost. What the hell is going on? So if you can score Garrett Cole, it's McCullers, Chris Davis, uh, and Freddie Freeman got full wops, half wops, Madison Baumgartner, Cesar Hernandez, Anthony Ronaldo, and Ian Desmond. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, try on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast from the West Coast of the United States for the 28th day of July 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please beg you, call me Sullivan.